Because knowing yourself isn't just another buzzword. Knowing yourself is the first step toward becoming the empowered individual you know you can be. Your healing comes through your willingness to feel and explore and to look back, not with eyes of victimhood and blame, but with eyes intent on understanding. Are you ready to journey inward? I'm your host, Shauna Galbrand. This is Know Yourself. Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for being here, for tuning in and listening. I appreciate you. Wherever you are in the world, whatever time of the day or night that it is, whatever you're doing, my hope is that you are healthy and happy and enjoying life to the fullest, taking those steps, whether a baby step or a huge giant step, towards your highest excitements, your passions, your interests, your curiosities, your love and your joy. Keep taking those steps forward. This is now my third attempt to record this morning. And it's interesting because I do know that balance between authenticity and perfection. And in my last recording, which I deleted, I was being really authentic. I noticed I screwed up what I wanted to say a couple of times, and that was fine. I'm like, you know what, Shauna, this is what you want to present to everyone. You want to be authentic instead of trying to be perfect. But in the meantime, my husband's right outside the window about to saw wood, and he's making all of this noise, and I was completely distracted. So I asked him if he would just wait just a little bit until after I'm done with my recording, and then he can use his saw all he wants but I did start recording again, so here I am. As many of you know, if you've been listening to my podcasts, I've immersed myself in inner child work. I've been doing a lot of my own self-discovery work and then taking it to my coaching practice and so on. Today, I would like to talk about the false self, which is something that all of us know. Um, You may not be aware of what the false self is, but everyone is living through their false self to some degree. I'm still hoping to meet someone in my life who had every developmental stage perfectly met at the right time, who does not have a wounded inner child, and who lives their true authentic self all the time, who does not relate to or live through the false self at all. So if that person is out there, I am asking the universe to bring us together so I can understand a little bit more. All right, so what is the false self? The false self is an artificial persona, a protective mechanism, a defense facade. It is a cover-up. The false self is created very early in life to protect oneself from re-experiencing developmental trauma. So I'm talking about emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual traumas of abuse, neglect, and overall household family dysfunction. Unhealed developmental trauma is the cause of many adult problems. The false self puts on a show of being real, which can often leave someone feeling empty or phony, lacking spontaneity, and lacking that feeling of aliveness of being alive. Infants or babies, they need attachment to survive. They also need to be authentic in a way of expressing their feelings. They are spontaneous. 
that's all that babies know is that spontaneous part of themselves. They need help and they need reassurance. And they also need to trust that their most basic and honest needs and desires are okay. They're okay with mom and dad. There's nothing wrong with that. Babies need to learn that they are relatable and that their feelings are manageable. Now, of course, they don't have the capacity to know these words and to express these words. They express everything through their feeling and their expressions. Our needs, our basic needs, are fostered within our earliest relationships with our parents and with our family. If the attempts by baby to be authentic are met with disapproval, the child doesn't have, uh, let, me, let me start that again. If attempts by the baby to be authentic are met with disapproval, if the child doesn't have the emotional and social support to be authentic, if mom and dad cannot respond sufficiently, the child becomes compliant. Authenticity is sacrificed in order to preserve the attachment to her parents. The child begins to adjust her behavior in an attempt to protect herself from any additional feelings of inadequacy and disappointment. Even though she can't label it that, like I said a moment ago, she feels it. So with her spontaneity in danger, the need for compliance with her parents' wishes and expectations become the priority. And this, my friends, is the birth of the false self. Forced to abandon her inner urges to develop her true, real, authentic self, the artificial persona of the false self emerges to protect her inner, more vulnerable, true self. It has become unsafe and not okay for her to be who she is. She then comes to identify herself by and through the false self. This is what all of us do. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say all of us until I meet these people that have no wounded inner child. So this is what we all do. Alone and isolated, that true self, that little girl within her, she ends up growing up and recreating the same kind of self-limiting, codependent or counter-dependent relationships in her adult life. So that's a lot for babies, for infants. They're just simply trying to be who they are. But for so many of us, that was met with disapproval. So then what happens? Our true self, that little girl, or boy, if you're a man listening. I generally work with women. That's why I'm always sticking to little girl, her and she. She goes into hiding. She suppresses all of her urges and her desires. And the false self is the one that has been driving the car. As far as the false self goes, it can either be deflated and codependent or inflated and inflated and counterdependent. 
before I start sharing with you the difference between the false selves, I want to share with you some characteristics of the false self in general. As I read through this list of characteristics of the false self, I invite you to pay attention to what's going on in your thoughts as well as what's happening in your body in regards to feelings, emotions, or sensations that you notice energy moving through your body. I always recommend having something near you to write on, like a journal. And perhaps if you're driving or you're working out or something, you can't. So maybe do it later. You know, go to your journal, anything, and just journal some of the discoveries or thoughts or feelings that you had as I read through this list or even from listening to this recording. Jot down those characteristics that jump out at you, ones that perhaps made you cringe when you heard them, or you might have thought, oh yeah, that's me right there. So simply pay attention to your body and your mind and jot down, write, draw, color, anything you want to do your discoveries, your feelings, your emotions, whatever. All right, so the characteristics of the false self, and this is not a complete list. This is just some examples of characteristics of the false self. Is fearful, contracting, destructive, and distrusting. Self-righteous, selfish, and withholding. The false self is forever planning and plotting and can sense something being wrong or missing within their their body, right? Within themselves, but they don't know what that is. Is uncomfortable oftentimes within their own skin and can be uncomfortable with other people. They can feel numb, right? So the false self can, um, the characteristic of feeling numb inside or wanting to numb yourself as a means of escape. The false self is envious, critical. It blames and shames both self and others. Is a perfectionist, other-oriented, outwardly oriented, and over-conforming. The false self is conditional. It covers up, denies, or hides feelings. It doesn't know how it feels. And if it does feel for some reason, it may label those feelings as bad or wrong. Is inappropriately inappropriately aggressive or passive. Pretends to be strong and powerful, but yet feels weak inside. Avoids play or a sense of playfulness. Needs to be in control. And the false self feels separated from the oneness, the whole, separate from the I amness of all that is. So these are some of the characteristics of the false self. It is our public self who others think we should be. As adults, we think and feel it to be our natural state the way we feel we should be, but that is false, pun intended. We become so accustomed to being our false self, it it becomes kind of like an addiction of sorts, or we develop an attachment 
to being that way. And I believe a lot of this is unconscious. Now, I want to stop for a moment there because there's been something happening within my own practice of knowing myself more. And in my practice of being with my feelings, emotions, and sensations, getting reconnected to my intuitive feeling body, I um, notice this feeling that I describe as like a lightning bolt across my solar plexus. Now, just a little backstory. For some reason, I was always in trouble as a kid and I was not a troublesome kid, okay? I'm not gonna get into all of that right now, but I was always in fear, in fear of getting in trouble, in fear of being punished, whether that was physically, mentally, or emotionally and spiritually. I just didn't realize it was spiritual at the time. So there's that fear of getting in trouble, the fear of being punished, thinking that I did something wrong and that I now have to explain myself. So this has been a pattern that I've noticed within myself and within my life, but there's a feeling that's associated with it. And that feeling is that lightning bolt jolt that goes across my solar plexus. Now, this feeling has been happening my entire life. And I, up until, when did I really, 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 really start noticing it? Six months ago, maybe? I just thought it was me until I really started to pay attention. And when I say really started to pay attention, that means that I get still and I be with myself. Okay, That in alone is a practice. So many damn distractions in this world. Anyway, let me come back. So in these moments... I would feel that sensation in my body and then get really curious about it. Like, what is that? And I would allow myself to be with the feeling and the the sensation and let that carry me to a thought or a belief or to another memory. So what that jolt, that lightning bolt jolt is for me is that sense of I've done something wrong. I've said or done something wrong. I need to be punished. I need to explain myself. This is the pattern from childhood. This is what I'm talking about when I say that it becomes natural for us, but it's not natural. It is the false self. Now, changing this when you become aware of it and the idea of changing it can be outright terrifying just speaking for myself, I, I've been through many transformations of change, you know, in that place of, all right, I'm willing to change. I know something has to shift. So I understand how scary it is because right now I feel like I'm in another transformation of self. And even though I'm really excited about moving in this direction, and for those of you who know me, it's about moving toward the yin, the more feminine based side of me. I'm terrified. I don't know what I'm going to look like on the other end. But I know that my willingness will carry me to a beautiful version of myself that is trying to emerge from within me. I don't need to figure out the how. I just need to be willing. So those of you out there who are feeling that resistance or that sense of being terrified or fearful of changing yourself please know that you simply have to be willing. Let your willingness carry you. Because of our attachment to our false self, we can often feel guilty 
meaning our real self, feels guilty for wanting to feel alive and real. Oftentimes we can have overwhelming guilt for wanting to speak our truth, for expressing authentically, even for creating a boundary. There can be a tremendous amount of guilt there. And the adult child spends much of their life, their adult life, monitoring and limiting expressions of her true self. And I know this, I know this within me, that I have limited myself because of the need for external validation, the need for that green light, someone to tell me that it's okay, you can move forward. I've stopped myself from expressing, I've monitored and limited my expressions for fear of getting in trouble. So how is that for a lifetime pattern and the awareness of it? Now, as I mentioned, there are two types of false self, the deflated codependent false self and the inflated counterdependent false self. Again, as I share this information, I ask you to simply pay attention to what's going on in your thoughts and in your body. Whatever you discover, whatever discoveries you have, whether they're comfortable or uncomfortable, Please hold all of it and yourself in a place of heart-centered love, compassion, and understanding. This is a process, and you're willing to learn more about yourself. This is not about blame. This is about understanding, understanding all of you. All right, so codependency involves individuals who fear separation and in turn end up tolerating all kinds of problematic behavior, not only in themselves, but in others as well. People with codependency tend to be overly conforming and outwardly or other oriented. There is an inability to trust oneself to manage life separate from others. Now the codependent deflated false self can look like making extreme sacrifices to satisfy the needs of another, difficulty in saying no, constantly worried about the opinions of others, worried about shame, criticism, and judgment from other people, keeping quiet as not to rock the boat, make waves, and or to avoid arguments. The codependent deflated false self can look like parent-pleasing, in order to maintain conditional love. So this is the codependent deflated false self. And these are just examples. This is not a complete list. If I had a complete list, I'd be sitting here talking for hours and hours. So these are just some examples. And of course I used examples that are from my own patterns of behavior. I have lost my sense of self in one-on-one relationships and in group of groups of people, my whole life, I have lived this deflated codependent self, thinking that I don't have the power on my own, or I know I do, but what happens is I lose that sense. I lose my sense of power and I give it to other people, whether it's an individual or a group. And then I believe that I can't move forward in my life unless these people are either doing something with me or they're validating every single step that I take. So that is my codependent self losing my sense of self because I don't feel at some level 
that I can do it on my own. Now the counter dependency involves an avoidance mindset, avoidance of relying on others because at some deep level, the individual mistrusts the consequences in doing so. There is a fear of intimacy, not trusting others, and often have a problem forming deep lasting relationships. There is a reluctance to open up. And if a need for deep emotional connection surfaces, the counterdependent person will most likely offer a more superficial relationship, okay? Just keeping things on the surface level because they can't trust that person enough to go deep within themselves and open up. So counter, excuse me, counter dependency can be described as a flight from intimacy. And I'm not talking about just intimate relationship with a partner or spouse. This is intimacy in lots of relationships, if not all relationships, including the self. The counterdependent inflated false self can look like, and remember, these are just a few examples, difficulty in being close to others, the need to be right all the time, self-centered and egotistical, expects perfection in self and others, appears strong and capable, but not inside, has difficulty re relaxing and can be addicted to activities such as work and exercise. So when I look at that list, I can see within myself, and I'm hoping that as I'm reading these things to you, that you're looking within yourself, um, this whole idea of being self-centered and egotistical, I am. That is my counterdependent, inflated, false self that I can, it's all about me. It's always been about me. Even though I can pretend to make it about other people, it's always been about me. And I'm being vulnerable with you right now and admitting that. And that is something that's really challenging for me to say out loud because I know that I am moving toward the more feminine aspect of myself. I'm moving closer and deeper into the yin part of myself, that part of me that is nurturing and compassionate and patient and understanding and giving. I haven't really been like that for most of my life. In fact, my husband is like that, and he's been carrying that for me for over 30 years. But now it's my turn to start knowing more about that part of me that I've tucked in the shadow. So yeah, I've been very self-centered for lots and lots of my life. And when I become aware of that, when I was doing my research and writing all this out, I, you know, I had this like, eh, like this yucky feeling about myself, like Shauna, what the hell? Why have you been so self-centered for all these years? And this is what I mean when I say, no matter what you discover, do your best in a way that is perfect and right for you to hold all of it in a place of understanding and love and compassion for yourself, right? That's what I'm doing for me. I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm evolving. And I invite you to do the same. 
The deflated codependent false self is a protective defense that helps prolong the feelings of safety. The inflated counterdependent false self is designed to protect the inner child from feeling their unmet dependency needs. The deflated codependent self keeps people in a vulnerable state with a strong need to attach to others who appear stronger and more capable. The inflated counterdependent false self helps keep the inner child or helps the inner child block feelings of shame about being loved conditionally. So as I mentioned earlier, unhealed developmental trauma is the cause of many adult problems. By relating to or living through the false self, the adult child continues to monitor and express, uh, monitor and limit expressions of all that she is. And that includes ideas, dreams, aspirations, feelings, behaviors, words, thoughts, passions, highest excitements, love, joy, Everything becomes monitored and limited. Can you recognize within yourself how you monitor and limit your expressions, the expressions of your true self? There is no one or no thing outside of ourselves that can make us happy or quote unquote complete us. So let me pose a question to you. What does it mean to really be yourself? When you reflect on the false selves, when you can see where you're relating to or living through your false self, you can then more easily not only recognize it, but then tap into your true self. So if this is my false self and I'm being codependent and I'm losing my sense of self in this relationship or the relationship with these people, what would it mean to be my true self? For me, that means understanding myself as a whole and then remaining in integrity no matter who I'm with and to continuously remind myself of my own power. And when I can do that, then I'm more willing to take a risk. Then I'm more willing and open to express myself in all ways. So that's just a little example. Understanding how you're living your false self can help you to understand how you want to live your true self. She's there. She's right there within you, waiting for you to remember her. And maybe for some of you, it's too much to think about a child within you, and that's fine. But what if you could think about it as your real true self, the person that you were born to be? When you can understand 
how the false self works in your life. And, and let me just be very clear. It's not like you can just flip a switch and say, oh, I'm not living my false self anymore. This is a process and it involves practices and it involves awareness. But when you can recognize how you are relating to and living through your false self, then you have more of an opportunity to tap into the real, true, authentic, beautiful person that you are. We were all meant to be our own unique piece of a puzzle, our own shape and form to fit into a larger whole. This is not about being like other people. It is about recognizing within you that real true self, that inner child that you tucked away many, many, many years ago, and then creating a space and offering her the space to emerge from within you. And I promise you that even though it is messy and uncomfortable and oftentimes chaotic, it is beautiful and magical and healing. Remember, friends, your inner child, the real you, the true you, she is creative and confident, spontaneous, artistic, intuitive, vulnerable. That real you, she loves to play and explore. And she loves to just be. She is a beautiful source of humor the spice of your life, full of infinite wisdom and joy. All right. I think that's all I wanted to say about the false self today. Be in relationship with yourself first. Know yourself. Know yourself.